Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Shalom. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Rabbi Joshua Heller. Today we will be studying Masechet Eruvin, Daf Zayin, Amud Aleph and Bet. That's Tractate Eruvin, Daf 7, A and B. Our tractate in general covers the question of an Eruv, a way that a public area or a series of private areas can be combined into one private area so that one may carry objects from one to the next on Shabbat. And we've been talking about how a Mavoy, a street which is not a major thoroughfare, can be turned into such a private area by adding posts or cross beams across its entrance, thus allowing objects to be carried freely within it on the Sabbath. The specific topic that we finished last Amud with is a mavoi that opens up on each end to a public space and might have a bend in the middle. We read yesterday that the town of Nahardea had a mavoi that was shaped like a U, intersecting the street and having two 90-degree bends and then intersecting the street again at the other end. This is a special case. For a regular mavoi, the sage Rav requires two posts and a beam at one end and a single post or beam at the other. The sage Shmuel requires a door on one end, and a post or a beam placed on the other to mark the Mavoy as a private area. This is a special case, though, where the Mavoy has a bend in it. Shmuel doesn't require anything special in the middle of a bent Mavoy, while Rav does require something special at each bend to mark it. The sages of Nahardea took the strictest aspect of each view, requiring something at the bends, as only Rav would, but requiring those things to be doors, like only Shmuel would require. This leads us into the general conversation that takes up most of Ardaf. When two sages or two legal views disagree, do you have to follow the restrictions of both, or can you pick one versus the other? Are you allowed to follow the most liberal tendencies of both? The answer that is given is that one must be consistent. If one picks a view, one must follow it for its strictures and its leniencies, rather than cherry-picking the strictest or most lenient parts of several different views. The Talmudic discussion offers examples of the potential pitfalls of not following this view. For example... There is a discussion of at what point a skeleton is considered to be incomplete. Hillel and Shammai give different definitions based on the minimum size of a hole found in the skull or a number of vertebrae missing. It turns out that this definition matters because the bones of a human corpse are impure, but an incomplete skeleton causes a lower level than a complete one. 
On the other hand, the dispute has another application. A badly injured animal is not considered kosher. So a ruling that would be regarded as strict with regard to making a human skeleton ritually impure at the highest level is actually lenient in allowing a similarly injured animal to be considered kosher. If you take the strict view with impurity, you're being lenient on kosher. If you take the lenient view on impurity, you end up being strict on kosher. A second example is given. The sage Rabbi Akiva wasn't sure what the cutoff was for tithing fruit and picked an etrog just before Tubishvat. And he ended up tithing that fruit as if it had been grown in the season before and as if it had been grown in the season after. Of course, only one year's tithe was correct. After all, you don't pay taxes on the same income in one year and again in the next year. But that's exactly what he did. The Talmud finds a way to justify what Rabbi Akiva did, and in fact justify what the people of Nahardea did as well, by explaining that in fact Rav did not rule the way we thought he ruled, and in fact did require doors um, in practice, even if they were not required in theory. The question still remains valid for us, though. In the modern era, it would seem that there are those who look to combine the strictest aspect of every possible approach. One might imagine saying, better safe than starry, have a belt and suspenders. Conversely, there are those who combine the most lenient possibilities of several conflicting approaches. In either case, this logical inconsistency has its downside, because perhaps we can recognize that there are negative consequences to being strict just for the sake of being strict, and that by overreaching to forbid things that were not originally forbidden by the law, we think we are protecting its letter, but in fact we may be damaging its spirit in the end. Will combining several inconsistent legal theories lead to a contradiction, or perhaps even lead people to be unable to observe the law because they are being called upon to follow the strictest views of two different sages who never meant for their views to be taken together? That is the question our tractate leaves us to wrestle with even today. A second topic that we'll pick up in more detail tomorrow is the question of a mavoi that is open to a public space in front, but the back is open to a chatser, an inhabited courtyard, or a rechava, and an uninhabited wide space. We see a disagreement between two sages. When the back opens to a chatser, it would appear that Rav hold that, holds that one may carry freely in the mavoi, because the mavoi will not appear to be open straight through. And Rav Yehuda would say that you may not, because it does appear that the mavoi is open straight through to the other side. But the converse is true for an uninhabited rechava, which is more like a private space. Rav holds that we may not carry freely in the mavoi if it's open to a rechava, while Rav Yehuda says that you may. We'll go deeper tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the open and close of this episode is Ufros 
from the Epic Horus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.